Well, I mean, yeah. How, how you doing, Ed? You're right. Good. Like, I'm. Yeah. Yeah. Chipper. Chipper. Any, I'm feeling. I'm feeling good. Yeah. Any, anything? I mean, can we? Like, it's got cold here. It's just the weather's. The weather's turned. I've had to put the heating up. Because. Oh, yeah. That's a shame. That's a shame. Yep. So yeah, when it's, it started raining now and it'll stop in March, sort of right. time. Yeah. T20 World Cup's happening. England England bowled West Indies out for 55. That was that was fun. It's quite impressive. You know, Adil Rashid. That, that's a team full of elite performers knowing what their job is. <laughs> unlike <laughs> at Manchester United. Oh, God. <laughs> I, you know, I, I genuinely we were just talking before starting to record, and I, I was thinking I didn't I didn't tweet it out, but I was thinking about doing something like that. Like I don't know what to say about this. I mean, I can I can do some analysis, which, yeah. which will ball down to four of Liverpool's goals came from a ball that was worked from left to right and Maguire chasing him, chasing the ball and getting himself out of position and sure. And sure. And sure, yeah. yeah trying to cover two players and not covering either. So um, it, was, it was... What struck me about the game is Liverpool just didn't need to actually be that intense for most no. of it. It just worked it in triangles, simple football, structured football... You know, they have something to fall back on if they're not playing well, but they are playing well. And, and United just couldn't cope with it. Just out of position constantly. I mean, honestly, if, if Liverpool basically hadn't switched off after 60 minutes, that could have, that could and should have surpassed Chelsea's score on Saturday. So. Yeah, they, they, they just were, were containing and conserving energy, weren't they? They weren't the only person that was desperate to get a goal was Sadio Mane and then Curtis Jones. Um, who was so annoyed that Sadio Mane hadn't passed to him that he then didn't pass to him back, twice. which was funny. Twice, 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 yeah, twice, <laughs> twice, twice. I was just doing Pep Guardiola there. Um, the uh, there were two funny bits of this game for me. There was that, and then Cristiano Ronaldo's goal getting varred off. But you know, I, I appreciate other people may feel differently about that being funny. I, I um, won't repeat the joke I put in the WhatsApp group because you know, no, probably best. Although a groan is good as laugh. No, no. Sometimes you make society worse. Um, the, yes, a, but what about my joke? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, talking of Ronaldo, uh, yes, he, he had one rolled off and Edison Cavani uh, managed to somehow miss one from a yard out. Well, he missed the ball completely and it, it came off uh, the defender's knee and hit the bar. Uh, Scott right. McTominay had a good opportunity. United actually out xg'd their actual score is that a positive Woo-hoo. Um, well i mean you only need to have one shot to out xg not not goals right this is true and you but, could you could the de gea could have had a shot from a goal not a goal kick but with the ball in his hands and that would have out xg'd i mean united, I mean, united did have a few shots in this game but they were all pot shots from from positions it always just felt like United were labouring with every phase of the game, so obviously, obviously, couldn't cope with Liverpool's, you know, pass and move, um, and and simple triangles at all defensively, like from midfield through and especially through the back four. But going forward as well, it just always felt like a struggle. I mean, we keep talking about how much talent United have got in the squad, but it doesn't show. I mean, it's definitely less than the sum of the parts. You know, you talked beforehand about us. Worry, being worried about just saying the same thing over and over again. The problem is signing Ronaldo. I know, I know. I'm, you know, I'm leaving now, so I can just be bullish. I don't care anymore. Um, but this is, this is actually. I mean, obviously, the manager's a big problem. Um, 
to which we'll come on to. So that you know, Gary Neville spent a lot of the game talking about the players, as 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 always happens in these situations. But the complete absence of a plan. Uh, was extremely evident or the sort of um, caught between two stalls nature of the plan uh, that we tried to press without any organised pressing triggers, like without the right personnel to do it. But once we signed Ronaldo, the, the scale of player that he is, he's he plays every single game. I don't know, maybe I've said more positive things about his signing at some point from a football perspective, but um, he's an absolutely enormous problem to every structural problem that United have. He, The, the thing is, if, United, if the rest of United's structure made sense, if we had uh, a solid kind of core from centre-back through centre-midfield, you could carry Ronaldo happily and you'd benefit immensely from all the stuff that he's extraordinarily good at. But in a team that makes as little sense as United, putting a piece in that now makes absolutely no sense whatsoever from a tactical perspective you're completely screwed on the football ramble on yeah. friday that i think it was luke moore who said united would be absolutely mad to start this game with cristiano ronaldo against liverpool but they're definitely going to and he's not someone i often agree with but i I just wholeheartedly agree with that point. For sure. United are definitely a better team with Cavani in it. But we've got ourselves um, two major sort of tactical structural problems. One is Ronaldo and the fact that um, he's not the trigger for the press uh, and he he doesn't, you know, his movement is limited solely to getting in a position to get a shot. You know, he still is elite at finding himself the opportunity to shoot. Um, and, And the other is what you do with Paul Pogba and, and Solskjaer has gone back to this, um, you know, gone back to dropping Pogba, going for pace around Ronaldo in order to support Ronaldo um, and and going for the seemingly more defensive option of McFred in midfield. But if you're, you know, if, if McFred is bypassed so easily as it was today um, and and there's not much movement up front, well, you actually have one out ball all the time, always Marcus Rashford, always, right? It's, it was so obvious before the game started. It's so one-dimensional as an approach going forward or defensively that you have a huge problem all of the time. And we were so close to solving the one-dimensional problem with the signing of Jadon Sancho and the prospect of really being able to balance that out, that attack out. And now instead, that's uh, the opposite has happened because of a... Because of an impulse buy at the end of the transfer window that was designed to, you know, whatever. Maybe it was designed to stop City getting him, or maybe that was just a, a play from Ronaldo to try and get himself out of Juventus, you know, whatever. But United have been um, brought in hook, line, and sinker, and have mortgaged themselves. Uh, I'm I'm not even talking about the morality of this at all. I'm just saying. Tactically, they've mortgaged themselves to Ronaldo and, you know, whoever comes in to replace Solskjaer, because there's no way Solskjaer is seeing out the season. No chance. Doesn't seem whoever like comes it. In, no, whoever comes in to replace him has got a massive problem to solve that, it, that isn't going to be easy and obvious how you solve it. So, you know, you mentioned Pogba. He, he spoke out after the game before last, whoever it was against Leicester, the Leicester game, saying something's got to change. And I just dropped him for two games in a row. It's like, yep, something's got to change. It turns out it's you. I mean, he was terrible when he came on and got himself sent off. But actually, against Atalanta, he was, I thought, part of the reason we 
came back into that game in the way we did. Oh, for, for sure. Look, um, Mark Wilson, former United player, now a coach in the US, said, uh, tweeted after the game, clearly defined game model and principles with and without the ball, simplified decision-making and connect players in motion. It's more evident now than ever that the best teams in the world anchor training sessions and player development and learning to this. What do you see? Hashtag M-U-N-L-I-V. I mean, you know, it, yeah, absolutely, absolutely this. And, and yeah. I, I know it's become a cliche across... This podcast, other podcasts, you know, print media and social media to say it doesn't look like United are coached going forward. But it's true, isn't it? Right. They want this loose front four. And the problem with that is that when the players aren't playing well, there's nothing to fall back on. Just nothing. And, yeah. and and we've got two players in Maguire, I'm sure, who've completely regressed over the summer. I don't know whether they're tired or injured, unfit. Both lost focus. Don't know Emo- what it is. Emotionally exhausted from Mo- the Euros. Yeah, like, it could be genuinely. that, right? But but so when there's nothing to fall back on, this is what you get. And you know we had that you know, great half against Atalanta, second half where actually there wasn't much structure. He threw so many players on there. It was you know a real hell mary. And and Atalanta without three of their key defenders completely crumbled. And, you know, and that, that's and- why I didn't get overexcited about that one because I didn't want to be negative like on the last minute goal or anything like that because I know people hate that but for me that didn't signal anything you know so we've had that half of craziness and the game against Leeds and what 20 minutes against Newcastle and apart from that it's a long way back in terms of performance standards from last season I I was going to say when you mentioned Leeds then like there's two teams in the world you can have that half we had against Atalanta against that's Leeds and Atalanta they're the only two teams that are open enough and as you say that's Atalanta without uh, three of their best defenders the um, you know Paul Scholes said uh, as as the game ended and they did the bit where it's on the the camera's still on the pitch and the pundits are talking in the studio he he says I understand why everyone's excited and there's good feeling around and you know comeback wins are great and everything but that to be honest that first half put me off the second half and that's exactly how I felt about that that comeback it was it was great and 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 um, in for the interest of balance and also to represent the truth more fully, that's exactly what Solskjaer has been good at all the way through his time at United, um, uh, galvanising the the team into action in key moments and allowing really talented players to express themselves uh, in a way that massively impacts on score lines. He's done that consistently, but. Uh, what he's never done is made us look anything, anything. Liverpool were at, I mean, Carragher said this in the first half and he, I don't think it, I think he was serious and I, I think it was absolutely true having watched them this season. They were at 75%. They strolled to a 5-0 win at Old Trafford. Strolled. Like, yeah. Um, we, we conceded in the first, in five minutes and I messaged to say this could get really messy, which I know is is very obvious. But actually, if you think about it, it's a, it's a slightly odd way to respond to United going behind given what's happened consistently but there was no sign at any point in this game maybe a little bit of a flourish at 2-0 but Liverpool have got a level of quality that the teams that we are able to get back into games against can't get near and they so that it was easy for them to accelerate again and once it was 3-0 it was totally dead and buried and they, five, they gave by up, the end of, they gave up on the, the yeah. high press at 2-0 you know I, I was um yeah yeah I watched it in the in a pub with a friend of mine 
um, who, uh, who, who, by the way, I, I know we don't take listener questions these days, but um, you know, shout out to, to Gaurav, who says, um, um, throwback to a previous question, what is Solskjaer's best position? And, and, and right, <laughs> right now wing, I'm right? thinking it's on the bench in Mulder. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, 2-0 Liverpool stopped pressing. They just dropped back to a mid-block. Uh, and just just waited for the opportunities to pick United off, and they came to them before half time. And it's really, I mean, it's quite a miracle they ended up five nil. And that's really because Pogba got sent off. They ended up five nil, and not more than that because Liverpool just dropped all their intensity after that and and just slowed the game right down. And there were only a few moments where they quickened it up. And when they did quicken it up, they opened United up. So it's uh, it's it is solely down to the opposition just shutting off that this wasn't even worse. Yeah, and worth saying on the Pogba sending off, United lost their discipline very badly. There's three incidents that I thought summed that up. One, when Rashford tried to pass the ball back to Luke Shaw and played a 60-yard through ball to Mo Salah, that, that just felt very like heads gone here um, because, yeah, I mean, it was just absolutely awful. When Ronaldo was uh, kicking the Liverpool player as he was lying down and really, like, to be got, honest... Got the ball, ref, got the ball. <laughs> I mean, I know you could argue that that's that it's well. You couldn't not that you could argue it. the The rules would say that that is a yellow card offence to take two swings at the player to try and hurt him. I don't understand why that's not dangerous play. Um, and then the the Pogba one was awful, and he's clearly really hurt the player. So yeah, yeah. I mean, and and even if the player had got away with it, there's still the same result because that's what leads to players being led off. Pitches on were taken on off pitches. Oh, no, on the stretcher, exactly like, why that that um, that rule had been clarified many many years ago now around what yeah. is dangerous, um, what is dangerous play. So you know, in in every definition, that is a red card. It's, it is interesting, and it will be noted. I, I haven't you know searched for this, but it will be noted that Kevin De Bruyne got away with one in the Champions League where they seem to put some kind of weighting on getting any kind of touch on the ball. Um, right. So there's an inconsistency in how that's applied. Um, but you know, I look, the referee took his time, went over, checked the monitor. It's really high. It's it's above the ball and and studs are um, onto the shin. So in every definition, that's a red card. Uh, he lasted longer than Steven Gerrard. That's the only thing I can say about that one. But you know, it might have the same effect on Liverpool fans. I imagine. Um, oh, and, yeah. and yeah, and and Lynn Bruno got himself booked as well for for similar levels of you know violence and frustration after that. So it was very close to United really losing it, but they'd lost it long before the frustration in the second half um, yeah. came to a boil. Obviously, you know. So is there anything redeeming about this that you can no. think of? No, there was nothing redeeming about this performance. I, I, I don't think a single United player played well. Bruno made a couple of nice touches in the first half. I, I, I thought United were utterly, totally and utterly abysmal from about the three and a half minute to the end of the game. I mean, they they kept their shape functionally at 5-0. Well done. Yeah, well, they went to well, they had three no at the, five at the back, didn't yeah. they? So yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm I wasn't claiming it as a wild positive, you know. Um, I mean, there was a, there was a shot which I've never seen anything like this before. In about the 65th minute, Sky cut to um, an aerial shot of the forecourt outside Old Trafford, and it looked like the end of the game. People are pouring out of the stadium, and you know, of course, there's United. 
Old Trafford is a nightmare to get out of. So 80th minute, 2-0 up. A lot of people are leaving the stadium. Yeah. And that's, that, that is what it is because you're saving yourself like six hours to get home or whatever yeah. in some cases. Um, so, but this was not that. This was people thinking, what is the point of us being here? They were booed off at halftime two games in a row. And they weren't... Uh, many boos at the end of the game, but that's because there weren't many the people. Money, there weren't many casual fans left. Yeah, no. I mean, well, casual. I'm not. I, I, I don't think the people that booed are defined as being casual fans. Maybe that's not the right definition. But look, there was a core of core of United fans left at Old Trafford who were going to cheer the team on. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Right. Sure, sure. Um, I mean, you're right. Old Trafford is uh, both with public transport and especially if you've got a car, very hard to get out of. Um, so, yeah, you, uh, 15 minutes before the game is finished or just just um, you know, resign yourself to sitting in the, the motor for an hour before you can move. Um, so, yeah. I don't, you know, as I say, I don't blame people. It didn't look good. Um, I'm sure there'll be many City fans enjoying that, uh, given the fun that is uh, poked at them. Um, over the years for the empty seats because there were a lot of empty seats at Old Trafford before this one finished. Uh, but, but you know, as as you just said, nothing redeeming about this and it's very hard to see anything redeeming coming. You know, I think, um, and again, maybe this is obvious, but is there a, an elite club, one of the, the dirty dozen who tried to f- form the franchise league, any one of those, stick with a manager after a 5-0 home drubbing against your biggest rivals? I mean, I know Mourinho's Madrid lost 5-0 to the greatest team that's ever been created once. But, and they didn't sack him. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. I wouldn't, it, it's all context. It's all contextual. Isn't Five it? defeats like, in that's good context as well for a, a mega spanking. Yeah, quite, and, and, um, and the wins have been shoddy and there's a couple of draws in there as well. So like real, real, real bad run. And um, I mean, he's got to go at this point. He's got, he's, Oli Solskjaer's not turning Man United around from here, right? That's not, I mean, maybe, who knows, things can happen, but seems remarkably unlikely to me. But, there's no like relish in that. It's not like when Mourinho was sacked, because because unlike Mourinho, I think there are who well, I suppose Mourinho literally won trophies for United, which is that's generally considered a good thing. But I was going to say there's no redeeming features of the Mourinho era at United. So literally, apart from the two trophies he won, but that was like in his three, first three, season, Paul, right? three. Come on, come on, Community <clears throat> Shield. Be, be fair to the man. My apologies. The, yeah, the greatest manager that has um, ever lived. TM Bodo Glimp six Roma one. <laughs> Oh, Patreon backers, stay tuned for a good time, baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm saving it. I'm saving it for the paid content. So, so Solskjaer on, um, uh, on, on his future said after the game, no doubts, I've come too far and we've come too far as a group to give up now. I mean, this is, this is appealing to the um, sunk capital uh, theory that uh, you don't want to dig up that road because we just repaved it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it's an emotional appeal to suggest. But and and listen, maybe Oli Solskjaer's got a plan that I can't see, but I don't understand why his team look his team, which is not dramatically unsettled as a lineup from last season and in theory has been only improved since last season. Looks like they've never seen each other before um, until uh, their backs are 
massively against the wall and the other team is giving them loads of space in which at which point they become very good um and that you know there is you mentioned at the beginning we we keep saying there's a lot of attacking talent there is an incredible amount of technical ability in the attack that United have. I mean, the, the goal Rashford scored against Atalanta, I mean, I know he'd and it missed a considerably easier chances earlier than that, but it's a an amazing goal. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal through ball from Bruno, who I thought was, I mean, he was just majestic yep. against Atalanta. Um, and the ball from Shaw to Ronaldo, Ronaldo's header, like there's just, just super, super high levels of quality execution. But the, but like today, um, I don't even know which one it was. Maybe Salah's third goal was a very high level of execution, but that was happening on top of a team that looked like you could take pieces out of it and replace it with other players and that a team that knows what it's doing at a very, very, very high level. And and, right. and the thing that's so hard is um, United should be aspiring to have a coach where you're not like, oh, well, he does these three things well, but... Uh, shame about all these other really important things especially the things that are the most important in taking you from a yeah this team's pretty good and might do something to nope this is a serious team that's definitely yeah well I mean talking about sunk capital we all have emotional sunk capital in the turnaround that Solskjaer has brought you know the fact that he got got players out that he didn't want were underperforming um, and has taken United to a level um, above where they were at at the you know stage four of Mourinho, um, and and it was terminal at that point. And now hit now you ask a different question of Solskjaer, don't you? And I think it's fair to judge him in harsher terms because he's been given the time. I mean, in modern football terms, three years. It's you know we're very close to three years in the job. That's a long time and 400 odd million spent in the transfer market. So it's not perfect, this squad. Yeah. There's a bit of a horseshoe slash donut quality to it, isn't there? We know that. But he has not, as a manager, been able to find a solution to that. You know, We had, nope. we had opponents and, today and who, had, who started with Milner and Henderson in midfield. Exactly, exactly. And that's what I was going to say because there are... There are, I mean, we've said for three episodes in a row, Tuchel, Guardiola and Klopp would all be starting McFred with United squad. But McFred and, Mc, Mc, well, you used it as a singular early, earlier. You said McFred is. So um, <laughs> McFred, um, I can't even, it doesn't matter whether it's singular plural, I don't think in this construct, but McFred would be playing better under a better coach, I suspect. Um, so yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's a shame. It's It's only a matter of time. I wonder how long it'll be. I wonder if there's any chance in how they'll get the appointment even close to right next. I mean, um, or Ferguson's or choice in Moyes, two pretty conservative choices in Van Hal and Mourinho and a desperate Hail Mary, which turned out well for yeah. 12 games in Solskjaer. I, there's no chance, right? So <laughs> That's maybe a little bit too harsh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Well, those first 12 games, you know. Uh, they were really so, good. And, and like, who even makes the decision now? Woodward's on his way out. He's got two months left in the job. Arnold is the presumptive, you know, new chief executive. And he's, you know, a, a commercial guy. You know, a, a, a rugby fan. Great. Um, let's bring in Clive, whatever his name is, from the England 2003 World Cup win. 
I think his name's Clive Woodward. Maybe yeah, he's a re- relative. Yeah. Uh, scans, doesn't it? Um, uh, Murtar, who's director of football, but, you know, n- not one with power. Yeah, he's been promoted from a technical role. And, and Darren Fletcher, who's on the fucking training ground, but is technical director. I mean, you know, who, who? Who's making the decisions there about a new manager? What is the what is the role of the, the coaches they have in place? So... Phelan, Carrick and McKenna in particular, none of whom seem to be coming up with different answers for for Solskjaer at this stage. You know, Solskjaer who sees himself as a more of a general manager who who moves the chess pieces around and and leaves the technical stuff to his, you know, ace team. Like maybe they are an ace team. So we're told, but but the results on the pitch kind of telling us something different. Nope. The team is not an ace team. So that'll do. Who we got next? Well, week off, no Champions League someone, this week. Some, so. yeah. Oh, great. Well, they can they can spend a lot of time on the trading ground working on detail and nuance and automatism. They'd be spending more time on their Twitter accounts writing their apologies, weren't they? Oh, Gary Gary Neville was very upset about this. Said it's disgusting. They're getting their social media teams to do it. The players should come out and speak. And then Carragher was like, Pogba came out and spoke last week. Then he got dropped. Gary Neville was like, don't mind that. Don't mind that. That's a terrible Gary Neville. I'm so sorry. Um, it, it was anyway, more Jeff was Boycott bad. than Gary Neville. That was. Yeah, it was. Wrong side of the penites. Oh. Yes, just awful. Sorry. Um, anyway, rubbish. Uh, so yeah, Spurs. who are we playing after that? Spurs next week. I mean, that's I mean easiest... Spurs who under Nuno. The... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, it's the easiest game in our shocking run. Yeah, I, I suppose so. Right. I mean, they lost today against West Ham, um, which um, which is always good. Um, so yeah, easiest game and Atalanta away, which will be interesting to see what that's like after they've uh, got their players back. Then City. Do you think um, Solskjaer will make it to City? I mean, knowing Solskjaer, will come up with a result against City. <laughs> no, not with this. I, I, I just don't no, think that's no, true that's right. Like you, you, you said, you said last week, like make the ball case for this game, and I, I, I tried. I came up with something, and you were like, uh huh. And it turns out you were very right to make a noise approximating that. Um, but this isn't this isn't that side that's ready to switch it on and and the the I mean sorry but the way that he's got results against City is by swarming them the second they get the ball which you can't do if you play Cristiano Ronaldo you literally can't do it you're a man short in exactly the position where you most need a man right, to do that right, job yeah. so. and, and in exactly the same way if you play two midfielders against three that they play in triangles around you when you when the the trigger for the press doesn't happen and there's always a spare man it's a problem i mean ronaldo made seven pressures i was looking at his uh, pressures because i'm sad like that against atalanta which was not his best of the season he made nine in the game against villarreal some games he's made one so uh, yeah. and and maybe yeah. they counted that when he took the kick off i don't know but um, it's uh, it's definitely a problem, and and also you know the the second part of how United have won against uh, City is to have a lot of pace on the break, which of course you're a man down there too. It'll be different against Spurs though yeah. because they 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 are very conservative under Nuno and and not playing particularly well either, you know. Yeah, and funnily enough, we haven't had many of these games this season, or I feel like we haven't had many of these games this season, but. Uh, 
I'm not sure I'd feel completely like desperate about the idea of United taking on a side that was sitting back and really trying to eke out a result against. I feel like I don't think that's a particularly good good approach against United really um, at this point. I think you want to exploit the fact that their midfield's got a great big massive hole in it and their centre-backs, centre one of, you know, the Lindelof and Maguire partnership has been gloriously reunited and Maguire and Luke Shaw just want to be as close together as possible on the pitch, even if they smash each other. That is, I believe that is the second goal so far this season caused by Maguire and Shaw running into <laughs> each other. Like that is a serious, that should not happen once in a season. It definitely I just, I just to come back, twice. I mean, I, just, I, just, I keep coming back to this. Why, for two of Liverpool's goals, did Maguire feel it necessary to come out to the right centre-back position? And go chase the ball. What? I do, why? I mean, then you also. Well, I wonder whether part of the answer to that is Victor Lindelof. Um, but anyway, it, you you can't. It, it, was, it was just a complete shambles, wasn't it? Just a complete shambles. But I, I mean, I guess it'll be better against Spurs. I'd be surprised if Spurs turn us over. That's for sure because they're just playing badly at the moment. They are lost to West Ham um, today. And- lost to Vitesse. In midweek, did beat Newcastle last last weekend, yeah, we, but it, it, there was not much. It was, was a weird, weird game, game, and for various um, unpleasant reasons. Um, but but yeah, there's there's not a lot of fluency in this Spurs side at the moment. I mean, they they lost to Arsenal, although Arsenal did get a comfortable win this weekend. To be fair to them. Um, that, yeah, I mean, they beat Villa and then as well before before the Newcastle game. That was a slightly weird game as well, if I remember it correctly. Um, anyway, yeah, they, they just don't seem they don't seem very uh, they don't seem very good. I tell you what, though, talking of Tottenham against West Ham, what are you what you're looking for in a replacement manager for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is someone who's really got an attack performing coherently and maybe looking like more than the sum I mean, of its We need parts. someone who's cut from the same cloth, don't we? He's someone who's learnt the lessons of the mistakes of the past and can come back renewed and refreshed to, you know, take the, uh, to get the time they were never given. God. God. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the thing about being all like gung-ho about being Ole out. I'm not, I'm, uh, by the way, when I'm talking about he's got to go, I don't mean I'm standing on a barricade with a sign saying he's got to go. I just mean, functionally, it would seem that it's reached that point. Um, but this is one where, unlike when Mourinho went and you're like, just, I would give just any human the job over Jose Mourinho. I don't feel that way about Solskjaer. And, and the... The next appointment is really worrying because, you know, let's 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 have a serious conversation sure. for a second about the potential candidates. Zidane, I think, is a a, a big candidate. Except, I I wonder if he's just holding out for the PSG job or the France Pro- job. More, more likely which... the latter after Qatar. But but I don't know anything yeah. about Zidane outside of the Real Madrid experience and that team Absolutely. he had and that. And it doesn't. It didn't go great the second time around, did it? The the no. And you experience. do know what you're going to get um, with the other obvious candidate, which is Conte, which is chaos. Oh. I mean, are United really up for that? United's management because they finally got sick of it with Mourinho. I mean, you'd be throwing. I know there's been a sort of um, something of a seesawing from one sort of manager to another, as often happens. Like you know, general election results do or whatever, but. 
to go from this is not a squad that needs something like you know you do get um that thing of like they've had a manager they really like for ages and actually they now kind of need a disciplinarian to come in and and then certainly the other way around you get that when you need someone who's going to be an Ancelotti type figure and put an arm around the shoulder etc after Mourinho um but this isn't this doesn't this needs somebody to build on what Solskjaer has done this needs somebody who can continue to foster that positive spirit that sense of um pride in playing for Man United I know we just lost 5-0 to Liverpool and looked like a damp squib doing it but we have seen consistently that kind of there is a unitedness to this team which which you need but just someone who is um has a has a very contemporary vision of how football should be played and how to communicate that to players. I, I don't know who it is, but it's definitely not Antonio Conte. No, right? Conte would be a return to the Mourinho era. I mean, different tactics, um, but the same level of intensity of demands, uh, both of the board and his players. And then if it's not going right for him, he jumps ship. Has done it every single time. So, I, you know, is, is that... And then someone will have to pick up in two years' time after Antonio Conte, for sure. Yeah, so that, that would... That would be disastrous. Who are, I mean, um, a, a friend of mine uh, suggested that the Ajax manager, Ten Hag. Um, Ten Hag, would be like, I mean, that would be a bold and forward thinking appointment. And he's made a team play really nice football. I, I don't know that you'd, would you really necessarily think, yep, I'm definitely going to m- leave Ajax and oh, do this well, I mean, job. I'm sure, you know? I'm sure if he, if United pulled out the money for the compensation and, and when they chase him, they would. I mean, the question for United is, I mean, you just don't know. I mean, the, the size of club you no, get at United and the focus is is very, very different from an Ajax side that is expected to win yeah. in Holland, but nowhere else, right? So, um, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah, I don't know. And the same is true of some of the younger managers um, in the Bundesliga as well. So, you know, anything beyond the, the two big names that are currently out of a job, uh, is a, is a risk for United in that they don't know exactly what they they are going to get or how that or how the players will react to a manager of a lesser name or how the manager of a lesser name will adapt to being Manchester United manager. That said, I mean, which Nagelsmann has gone to Bayern and they score eight every week or whatever it is. So you know you can get a yeah. manager from a smaller club. Um, yeah, I yeah, I don't know. There isn't an obvious one in but the Premier you, what, League you'd go and pick, is there? Mm. What you'd well, I mean the 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 one that I would have if you like okay, you obviously can't have Klopp or Guardiola um or Tuchel, I guess, but I don't particularly wouldn't be particularly in like I mean, I mean Tuchel the obvious Kobe, one but. is Rodgers in that case, you know, the ex Liverpool manager. Yeah, right. Who who may be who may be looking Graham, the other side of Manchester and thinking there's a better opportunity coming up there. I don't think that I'm not saying this would be a good idea. I would say that probably Graham Potter is the manager who most fits the bill of the kind of manager I would like to see at United. But I mean, the scale of risk you're taking that he could step up and manage players and under the pressure and under the spotlight of, of United. I mean, that is, that is just a complete and utter um, roll of the dice. You know, Uh, can he do similar things that he's done everywhere he's been I mean, he's made every step up so far, but this is a different level of step up. So, you know, I'm not saying let's appoint Graham Potter. What I'm saying is I've got 
absolutely not a Scooby-Doo. And I can't think of a manager who I'd be like, yes, we've got him um, in the world, which is mostly about my ignorance rather than uh, anything else. But still. Yes, but 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 your level tough, of knowledge job, isn't it? is superior to the guy who would actually make the decision, which is Joel Glazer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you might be right. Um, and not many people I'd back myself in. Uh, not many people in the football industry that I'd back myself in a football discussion with. It's like Cronkey, the new Saudi lads. Although I wouldn't get into it with them for obvious <laughs> reasons, um, and Glazer. Anyway, the new Saudi lads. So, Did you see it, the uh, the banner at Crystal Palace over the weekend? Which was, yeah. you know, so it was a Pogba level attack, wasn't it? Going in two footed, but but then you go, yep, 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 got that right, called it out, absolutely. And there's one of about three groups of fans in the country who I believe, as a chance, would have done it if it had been their own club as right. well, you know. Because that's that's the thing about other fans attacking these situations. Like I remember when Newcastle fans came and chanted USA. Well, every everyone did for a while. Now it's boring. Chanted yeah. USA. Yeah. 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 So it was pretty boring at the time. But as, anyway, as is this podcast, because you know talking, we're thirty minutes in yeah. and we've we've clearly run out of things to say. So thoughts thoughts on what will happen in a week's time. I mean, will Ollie be in a job? Um, against yeah. Spurs and then um, how's he going to turn this club around um, in the in the next seven days? I mean, I think it, having seven days means I don't know that there'll be much of a hangover from this game by the time that comes around. These people are professional athletes and they are very good at doing things that real humans find really difficult to do, regular humans Th- this find This is really true, but to there, do. there do need to be consequences for something like this. So, you know, Pogba got the blame for recent performances, basically, from a professional point of view, you know, not, not, uh-huh. not publicly. Um, who 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 is it? Like you can't just fall back on this sort of platitudes of, yeah, we'll come back stronger. We'll do it together. Passion, lads, playing for the shirt. Yeah. You, could, you know that's that's not actually how you t- turn professional sports performances around. So, um, any chance for Rand coming back? Any chance for Rand coming back by then? Yeah, they've got to have the gaffer tape out. I don't know what part of his groin they need to stick back together, but <laughs> it's. I don't. Th- I don't think it's actually be, his groin that's the problem, is it? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not sure. I'd want to be the physio trying to gaffer up uh, Rafael Varane's groin. Um, it was a muscle problem, which is which is you can't rush it back. Look at Harry Maguire. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I've got no idea. I, I. It's not like you look at that starting eleven and go, "Oh, here's an obvious fix." Well, I mean, I look at the starting eleven and go, "Here's an obvious fix," but. He's not. He's just not going to do. It. He just. He hasn't got the. He hasn't got the courage. The. The. And also. He might not. He might not have the awareness that that of the level of problem it is, because he's so caught up in the unitedness of it all. He's so caught up in the comeback story. The 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 you know the reception that the fans give him every game. All that kind of stuff, you know. But. That's that's where if you're gonna say okay, make one change to this United side, that's easily the change I make. Take Ronaldo out, put Cavani in, play the rest of the starting eleven, and see how it goes. We know we're at rock bottom. We can't feel any worse than this. Let's see where we take it. Says Ollie, outlining his vision for <laughs> for what's coming next. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
I was thinking about this after the last show. It's always the way when the manager is at the end of his reign at United, and this is really unfair. The thing that always gets me the most, it's always the stuff they say. It happened with Moyes, it happened with Van Gaal, it definitely happened with Mourinho. And it's really unfair because the, the circumstances in which they talk and the constraints on them as they talk are ridiculous. So, you know, they're always going to say bad stuff in these situations, but it's uh, consistently maddening. So, yeah. Okay, well, um, that's it. No interview this week because, honestly, I had a few ideas and then didn't get round to it. Um, but uh, backers, stay for for Patreon content, which will be considerably more cheery than this. Absolutely. And uh, everyone else will see you next week. I think I've got seven more shows. You're counting down. <laughs> <laughs> not, not that I'm counting down the days w- w- or anything. W- you, I Although, know you're not a betting man, Paul, but if you were... Are you going to outlast Ollie or not? Uh, no. If I was to gamble on it, I would say that Solskjaer will still be the manager. Um, but, but I think if Zidane was... I think if they made the little entreaties to see if Zidane was interested, they might do that. But otherwise, I, I don't I don't think they're going to sack Solskjaer and replace him with Conte by Christmas. However... Having, I mean, that's that's like which way I would come down on it if I had to bet one way or another. I don't think it's a ten to one shot or anything. I, I think it's is there's every it's like six to four or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah in no, my I, head because if he loses, I think that's right. Like Adam Crafton says, to tell Solskjaer he no longer belongs at Old Trafford is the United equivalent of shooting Bambi's mother, and 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 that's it. Because if it wasn't Ollie Solskjaer in the job right now, he probably would have already gone. Yeah, ages ago, right? So, anyway, thanks everyone for listening. The, the three of you way, stuck with you this. Are, <laughs> yeah, if you are a Indian cricket fan and a Man United fan, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry about your day. Um, and yeah, Patreon backers, stay tuned uh, for a load of chat about Bodo Glimt, Bodo Glimt and Jose Mourinho. I'm quite looking forward to that. Been looking forward to it most of the week, to be honest. (laughs) See you next week, everyone. (laughs) See you next week.